strawberries and cream, strawberries and chocolate, strawberries and salt? Well, yes, many of our friends around the world add salt to their fruit. In this episode, I look at who, why, and most importantly, if there are any health benefits to be had. Welcome to Planet Health. This is the pre-boarding announcement for better health, improved fitness, and easier weight loss. At this time, we're inviting those passengers who want to avoid fad diets, food restriction, and excessive exercise to make your way to the gate. Thank you for your attention. Hello and welcome to Planet Health. I'm Chris Cara, fitness writer, nutrition coach, and when it comes to this podcast, something of a global explorer. In this podcast, I'm touring the world in search of the best nutrition, movement, and well-being habits on Earth, then helping you to implement them into your life. Okay, I've been away over the last few days, so my schedule is a little mixed up, and that's why I'm releasing this episode a bit late. And so you're aware, the next episode is going to be released on Tuesday, March the 7th. And I'm expecting this one to be another interview episode. And one with someone I've been trying to get on the show for a while. So I'm expecting that one to be really good. After that, everything is going to be back to normal. In the meantime, the best way to keep up to date with what's happening is to subscribe to the podcast and to check out the podcast page on my website where I add any updates about episodes, and I'll link that page in the description. Anyway, today we're talking about a habit that is practiced in many countries around the world, and that's salting fruit. That's not assaulting fruit. No, this is simply adding sprinkles of salt to slices of fruit. And it may sound a little strange because it did to me at first. After all, you want a strawberry or a slice of fresh pineapple to be sweet, not savory. But then you realize that people do this to enhance the flavor. And it's quite obvious when you think about it. Why do we add salt to foods like potatoes, pasta, sauces, soups, and even vegetables? It's to enhance the flavor. And this is what happened with salted caramel maybe 10 years ago before salted caramel was literally everywhere. You may have thought adding salt to a sweet ingredient like caramel or even chocolate was crazy. And now it's kind of standard. And this is why people in some countries like to salt their fruit. It's said to reduce bitter, sour or unripe flavors while boosting the natural sweetness of the fruit in question. Now, we talked about this being a global tradition, so who are these people adding salt to their fruit? From what I can gather, this isn't localized to one nation or even one continent. In fact, it seems to be a global tradition and one I wasn't really aware of until I began reading about it. Surprisingly, quite a few countries are involved. From what I've read, adding salt to fresh mango is very popular in the Dominican Republic, Mexico, and the Philippines. In fact, in the Philippines, some people apparently add this salt to mangoes in the form of a salty fermented fish paste. It doesn't sound very nice, but uh, that's apparently what they do. Another thing I stumbled across was that some people in the Midwest of the USA like to add both salt and pepper to grapefruit. The salt is there to cut the tartness and the pepper is there to add fragrance and a bit of spice. However, this one seemed to be limited to a Vietnamese community in the Midwest, so I'm not too sure if everyone in the Midwest does this. The most famously salted fruit seems to be watermelon, particularly in the south of the United States and in Japan. 
When it comes to watermelon in particular, there's an interesting theory. Because watermelon is low in salt, adding salt draws moisture out of the watermelon to the surface, which increases the flavour and the juiciness, because more of that liquid is hitting your taste buds. In short, there are loads of countries that add salt, and sometimes pepper and other spices, and even fish, to fruit in one way or another. Now, I know people listen to this podcast from around the world, so if you are from any of these countries or any of the states I mentioned, then please do let me know if salting fruit is something you do, and if so, what fruit. Anyway, it's clearly something worth trying, and that's what I did. I tried it with the fruit I had in my kitchen, which were blackberries, strawberries, and apple. I didn't think it worked very well on the blackberries because I had just woken up and having salted fruit just didn't feel right. Uh, I, I didn't really think it enhanced it, but maybe I wasn't adding enough salt or I was just not in the right mood. I needed coffee more than salted blackberries. The strawberries were quite cold, which I find always dulls the flavour, so adding salt would be a good test. And in all fairness, the salt did actually enhance the flavour a bit. I'm not sure if they tasted sweeter, but the salt and sweet mixture worked quite nicely. My favourite was the apple, and this was a Braeburn apple if you're interested, native to New Zealand but grown in the UK. I found the salt actually really enhanced the flavour, and it did feel juicier. I definitely enjoyed the apple slightly more than I may have otherwise. Uh, And I'm probably going to try salted watermelon and mango when I next have these fruits nearby because they're so popular. But am I going to make a habit of it? I'm going to say no, and this sadly is where I spoil the fun. You've probably already guessed, but adding salt to your fruit is not particularly good for you. Salt is made up of sodium and chloride, which are two electrolytes that the body needs to maintain hydration and perform other processes. We can't live without sodium. However, we are very rarely at risk of deficiency of sodium. In fact, there's probably way too much sodium in our diets already. Okay, so what's the problem with having too much sodium? Some evidence shows that high sodium intake may be associated with an increased risk of certain conditions like stomach cancer and high blood pressure, which in turn can increase your risk of heart disease or stroke. And a high sodium intake can also result in kidney stones and kidney disease. The World Health Organization states that reducing salt intake has been identified as one of the most cost-effective measures that countries can take to improve population health outcomes. They also estimate that 2.5 million deaths could be prevented each year if global salt consumption was reduced to the recommended level. And that, according to the World Health Organization, is just 5 grams of salt per day. In the UK, the NHS is a little more generous, stating that adults should eat no more than 6 grams of salt per day, which equates to 2,400 milligrams of sodium. Okay, so how much is 6 grams? What does that look like? And it equates to just 1 teaspoon. When you look at it this way, you could be blowing your entire daily salt allowance by salting fruit, which, in all fairness, doesn't really need to be salted. But I think the bigger problem here is not salting fruit, it's the salt in the rest of our foods. And I'm not even talking about the obvious salted foods that are easy to spot, like olives, pickles, salted peanuts and processed meats, including plant-based alternatives. No, it's the salt in loads of foods such as bread, pasta sauces, ready meals, store-bought soups, instant noodles and even breakfast cereals. And I eat all these foods and chances are so do you. 
Okay, let's look at something practical. What's the sodium levels in a standard turkey sandwich? And again, if you're like me, you can replace the turkey with some plant-based turkey alternatives, which is still high in salt, but much lower in saturated fat. Okay, so the average turkey sandwich will have 400 milligrams of sodium in the bread, 120 milligrams in the teaspoon of mustard, two milligrams in the lettuce leaf, 310 milligrams in the cheese or the vegan cheese, and that's just one slice, and a whopping 690 milligrams in the turkey, which is around six thin slices. And for this one sandwich, that's a total of 1,500 milligrams of sodium, and that's way more than half your daily sodium intake, which is crazy for just one meal. And considering some people have two or three sandwiches in one meal, you can see how sodium adds up over your day. And this is why adding extra salt to things like fruit, as well as the food you make, is not really conducive to good health. It's fine now and again, but not on a daily basis. So let's have a look at a few ways to cut down on the amount of sodium in your diet. Firstly, it's worth repeating, but you're probably best to save salting fruit for special occasions. There's no need to salt every single piece of fruit you eat. If you want to try it, go for it, but then don't keep it up as a habit. Next, limit salty snacks such as pretzels, salted nuts, crisps, or replace them with unsalted versions. The next one is a big one for me, it's to check your labels on prepackaged foods. Even if a food doesn't taste salty like cereal or bread, it's going to have salt in it, and sometimes much more than you anticipate. Start adding up a few things you eat each day and see how quickly you end up hitting the 2400 sodium allowance. As a side note, this is why eating more whole foods like grains, legumes, vegetables and fruits is a smart way of eating because they are naturally low sodium foods, so you can eat more of them and not actually hit your sodium ceiling. Next, when cooking at home, try adding more herbs and spices and even things like lemon juice and vinegar to your foods for flavour instead of adding salt. If you do want to add salt to foods to enhance the flavor, you can also try some of the reduced sodium salts or low salts, which are made by replacing some of the sodium with potassium. And potassium is another electrolyte and one that we don't actually consume enough of. And potassium can actually help reduce your blood pressure. So by reducing your sodium intake and simultaneously increasing your potassium intake, using this kind of low salt could be considered a win-win. Uh, you should be careful not to add too much because, you know, like everything, too much potassium isn't good for you either, especially if you have kidney problems. Right, so before we wrap up, one final word. Uh, if you are exercising or you're an athlete, then replacing the salt you lose through sweat is very important. And this is mainly important if you're exercising for over an hour and particularly in the heat or if you're a salty sweater. I may do an episode on this in the future, but this is one instance where I would suggest salting fruit. For example, chopping up some watermelon, then sprinkling in some sea salt and mashing it all together. Would, that would make a kind of a really nice natural Gatorade kind of slushy, and that's perfect for before and after exercise. But if you're just someone who doesn't really exercise or sweat very much, then cutting down your sodium is going to be very beneficial for your health. Anyway, I don't want to spoil the fun when it comes to traditions. If salting fruit is important in your culture or it's something you really want to try, then go for it. But just be aware of the overall amount of salt you eat and look to cut down sodium intake in other ways. Whatever you choose to do, I hope this episode has been useful in some way. If you did enjoy, then please do subscribe and rate me on whatever platform you're listening. 
If you want to get in touch with me, you can via my website, and I'm also on Twitter. The links are in the description. I'll be back very soon for another trip around the world, but until next time, thanks for listening.